0: Welcome to Shift the Gravity, a podcast of Traders Point Christian Church where we talk about what it means to be followers of Jesus who shift the gravity of whatever room we walk into. Let's join the conversation. All right, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Aaron Brockett. I'm the lead pastor at Traders Point Church, and I'm here with uh, Ryan Bramlett. Ryan, how you doing? Um, better now that I'm sitting across the table from you. That always feels uh, so good to hear you say that. Uh, you know, today is hard to believe. That uh, season one is uh, coming to a close, mm. um, and uh, just reflecting back on uh, the last what what have we shot like seven? E- this is the seventh episode. Yeah, shot six of them. Um, what uh, what were the highlights of season one for you?
1: Oh man,
0: um,
1: new space for us. So I think I was so nervous that I'm kind of um, blacked <laughs> out on the first few of just trying to make it through. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just I love just the idea of even having some conversations I mean the one with Steve cuffs obviously mm-hmm. kind of stands out yeah. um, he put a lot of language I think to things that I've experienced or um, couldn't identify without his vocabulary so that's yeah. really kind of kind of stuck with me yeah. um, and then just this whole concept it's been pretty cool to see you know the idea of shift the gravity in general um, uh, it was a line in a sermon and then to see, how it's kind of gained legs and it's become and lived on so much longer. I think it's been pretty cool to even see how that vocabulary is making its way uh, with our people and with our staff of we always Mm -hmm. wanna be gravitating towards God and then shifting the gravity when we walk into those spaces. So it's been pretty cool to see an idea like that build um, Mm -hmm. for the
0: past few months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that uh, Steve is absolutely brilliant and he's one of those guys that you hear him say something And you're like, why didn't I think of that? Uh, That was so, so good. Mm -hmm. I also really enjoyed our conversation with uh, Landon and Liz about the whole worship conversation. I had lots of feedback Mm -hmm. on that. So it's been fun and uh, looking forward to uh, all that uh, season two will entail. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But Mm -hmm. um, as of the recording of this podcast, we're kind of staring right down the barrel of the beginning of May. Summer breaks, graduations, all that stuff is in store for us, which means uh, most likely uh, some summer vacations, and which we usually equate that to some kind of rest. Mm. I know that um, I take uh, what's called a a study break, which is different than a sabbatical, but uh, not that probably it really even matters that people understand that. But
1: I think it does. I think it'll be good Mm. because, uh, you know, every year, I mean, for the most part, and you've talked about this before, that it is uh, a gift, um, but there's it's very intentional with that time. So even though you know when people are listening to this, if you know from that Memorial Weekend to July Fourth, they they won't see you on mm-hmm. the platform. But yeah, just kind of lay that out. What are you doing during that time? Um,
0: yeah, this is a gift that. It wasn't my idea. It, when I got here, the elders said, "This is what you're doing," mm. which I thought was kind of interesting, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't argue with him about it. Yeah. But I didn't know how to really leverage it mm. or what it was exactly. So when I got here, what nearly 15 years ago, they said, "Hey, in the summer you can take uh, decide what time period this is going to be, but sometime during the summer we just want you to uh, focus mm. on." Um, we want you to rest and we want you to focus on the upcoming year's worth of content. We want you to speak out of the overflow of your heart. We don't want you to just be ground into the, into the ground. Mm. And so, um... For me, the best way to describe it, like a sabbatical to me is, is this is something that happens occasionally for us. It's like every seven years, and it's a, it's a significant time of just complete unplug. Study break for me, I'm not necessarily completely unplugged. I'm still working. It's just a different type of work. Yeah. So that weekly sermon prep, instead of that, I'm actually doing a long-term sermon prep mm-hmm. and and trying to spend a little more time... Was trying to spend much more time uh, seeking after God, like God, where are you wanting to take our church mm-hmm. for the next year, mm-hmm. um, rather than trying to come up with content mm-hmm. or a sermon in the moment, and then it's mixed in with some some rest, some different rhythms, mm-hmm. but I'm still still working. So uh, the elders just very wisely, and this started back with the pastor who's here before me. He sort of. Um, advocated for it, and um, it was just part of the culture when Mm -hmm. I got here, which I deeply appreciate, and Mm -hmm. our people have been really supportive of it as well. Um, But I think that this brings up, um, you know, an interesting topic of conversation for us kind of going into the summer about rest, because Mm -hmm. right now, uh, we've been through a lot in the last two years, everybody knows that, with the pandemic and everything else that that entails, Mm -hmm. the division, the Mm -hmm. political stuff, the uh, the economy. Mm -hmm. Even the stuff that's going on right now in the Ukraine and, mm. and you know, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Did you hear that? I did hear so, that. So, wow. Yeah. Mind-blowing. <laughs> know what to make So, of you know, uh, we're living in a different dimension now. So, um, <laughs> thinking through uh, just an incredible toll, mm. I was with a group of leaders the earlier this week um, in a different city. It was a board meeting, but we were all talking after the meeting. And it was interesting because we were trying to recall... Um, an event or a conversation, and I heard this multiple times in different conversations. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got COVID brain. Not mm-hmm. that they'd had like actual COVID, wow. but it was like pandemic brain. Like, like I've lost track of time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when this was because the last two years just feel like the twilight oh, zone, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and so I've lost, I, I don't know what happened in 20, I think what happened in 2017 actually maybe happened earlier or mm-hmm. sooner than, than that. And so, Kind of fascinating, just yeah. this sense of like fatigue uh, because we've been through um, so much and it's impacted us individually, yeah. uh, relationally. Mm-hmm. It certainly yeah. impacted our church. I mean, we've definitely felt it. Yeah. I'm very optimistic about the future for multiple reasons, mm. you know, God is still on his throne. Mm. Jesus still saves. The Holy Spirit still empowers, well, pandemic or not. Yes. Like that happens. He promised us that. The church will prevail. It's mm. prevailed through 2,000 years of church history and some really, really dark moments and pandemics that were way worse than COVID. Yeah. So it's gonna prevail. It's just looking a bit different. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think part of that is just acknowledging the toll that it's taken on all of us. Yeah. And so like, for example, you know, I mentioned this to you earlier, um, Barna just recently put out a poll. Now, this is specific to pastors and those in ministry, so I understand that this is our context. Mm-hmm. There would be some crossover uh, for everyone else as well. Definitely. But it's pretty alarming to look at it. Yeah. So the, the study is ministry challenges by pastors who have considered quitting, and I've actually been very honest with our church about mm. the fact that there was uh, one or two times during the pandemic that I it was more than a passing thought. Oh, <laughs> like, I, like I thought about you know, yeah. I kind of want to walk away from this. Or I, I had, uh, I've, kn- I know a couple pastors that retired like six months before COVID, no. and I was so envious. <laughs> I was like, Oh man, that would have been the most, the best time to retire, like right Go before out, that. It's off, like, can yeah. I join you? Yeah. And so I definitely had these thoughts. But it's kind of, it's alarming. I'm not going to read through all these, mm. but the number one reason statistically in the survey why pastors wanted to quit was the immense stress of the job. Mm. To which I would say that probably most people, regardless of what they do for a living, even if you're you're a stay-at-home parent, you would go, well, yeah, like the immense stress of the job. The the one caveat that I might make to that is there's not very many other jobs that are tied to your spiritual health and well-being. And I think that creates – we're going to talk about this, this word, burnout for Mm. pastors if you are constantly performing for God but not – getting to know God or trying to achieve for him, but not spending much time with him. I think the way that Paul David Tripp puts it is he says a lot of pastors just jump up in the morning and hop in the ministry saddle and ride till they're exhausted thinking like, well, my achieving for God is supplanting my relationship with him. And eventually you just run completely dry. Um, If you mess up spiritually in ministry, Mm -hmm. you could be sidelined. For sure. Like, fired, done. Mm. You mess up spiritually most other places of employment, probably not all, but most places of employment, they don't really care. (laughs) So I would just say that that's that's one uh, caveat to that. Mm. Uh, What came in at 43% was I feel lonely and isolated, um, Mm. which, again, probably a lot of people can relate to that. Current political divisions Mm. uh, came in at that. Uh, This is sad. I'm unhappy with the effect that my role as pastor has had on my family. Wow. Uh, That's... um, Really tragic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not optimistic about the future of my church. That's um, troubling. Mm. Uh, my vision for the church conflicts with the church's direction. My church is steadily declining. I'm not satisfied with my job. All these things, we, we could go on and on mm-hmm. with it. Uh, we can maybe even put that study in the, or that survey in the, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But um, this leads to, I mean, this is a pretty significant crisis. I, I think that, that I would maybe say it this way if the shepherds feel that way, the sheep probably feel that way too. Oh. And and it's not that the shepherds are the know-all, be-all, but a part of our job is to mm. care for people. Yeah. like That's a, a big part of it. And so if we're not operating in a place of spiritual and emotional health, mm. then we're not going to be able to help anybody. It will actually just cause more damage. I have great empathy for those stories, specifically in ministry where pastors just hit a wall, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, morally or ethically or whatever, because chances are, you know, they didn't go, they didn't set out to hurt other people or destruct their lives. This is a symptom Mm -hmm. of something much, much deeper that's been going on. So, um, what do you think, man? Like, you know, when it comes to, uh, our society, our church, um, what, what are some of your thoughts around that? No, I, I think you're spot
1: on, and there was a a kind of a, a buzzword that you hit there on uh, burnout, and I do mm-hmm. I, I heard the word burnout before COVID, obviously the the just the pace that most of us are running. Uh, it's not sustainable. And so I think we were getting language to identify, okay, what is this? What am I experiencing? And so there was some collective language around it. But I do think with COVID, like it did with most things, it accelerated it, it exposed what was already mm-hmm. there. and Brought we got, it to the surface. Yes, we got there a lot faster. Um, and so I would love to kind of talk about that because I think that's something whether you're a pastor you're experiencing or anyone that's holding any kind of influence or responsibility a day in and day out the grind of it you may be bumping up against burnout or wondering am i bumping up against burnout so i'd love to just kind of throw that back your way of cuz that's a that's a big word um hmm. When, when we talk about burnout or when you talk about burnout, uh, could you help us define what we, what we mean when we say burnout?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's a worthy discussion and worthy for us to give some thought to. Because I, I, I'll tell you, you know, my immediate mind goes to, okay, how do we define burnout? Mm. You know, uh, if somebody just says, well, you know, I'm just really tired mm. or I feel unmotivated um, or I'm frustrated. Yes. Um, you know, we could say, well, you know, welcome to life. It's like, that's, uh, you know, that there's going to be- part of the course. Yeah. Part of the course. You're not going to love everything about your job. You're not going to love everything. You know, there's certain things about life that require responsibility. Mm -hmm. So just because life gets hard doesn't mean that, you know, we need to tap out. Now, with that said, um, I think that we've got to draw some distinctions here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's a difference between, like what we just described with some of those- um, in particulars, there is stress. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, stress is a normal part of everyday life. You know, you've got deadlines, you've got crying babies, you've got conflict, mm-hmm. you've got you know more bills than you have money. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff is going to add to stress. I would say that I think the way that um, our friend Kerry Newhoff puts it in his book, which will put some of these resources in the show notes. Mm -hmm. The title of his book is called At Your Best, Mm -hmm. but he describes burnout as the cousin of stress. Mm -hmm. So there's some similarities to that. Mm -hmm. And um, the way that I I would maybe think about it is that burnout is chronic stress. Mm. So yes, Uh, stress is a normal part of life. We're sort of built to handle some sort of stress, even at a physiological level. Mm -hmm. Like I've got this thing on my wrist, you know, called a whoop that measures Mm -hmm. my heart rate variability. It's the stress of my heart, which actually putting your heart under some stress is good. That's what happens when you go for a run. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you're getting healthier through that, but your heartbeat wasn't built to beat at 160 beats a minute, like all the time. Like yes. after a while, that's it's going to give out. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say in the same way, you know, burnout would be, it's just chronic. Mm. It's not going away. Mm. Um, you know, I'm getting old. Mm. I just had a birthday a oh. couple weeks ago. I do know. Happy and belated birthday. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my old age, like I've just got shoulder problems. Like mm. it, that it, it's, it really stinks, Ryan. Yeah. It doesn't go away. I'm,
1: uh, I'm not there.
0: Um,
1: not in age. I didn't mean it that way, but, uh, in well, back in, pain.
0: In one well, strength. Too. In strength.
1: That's fair. Yes. But I will tell you, I did something, <laughs> you know, uh, I as, I as at the, the gym, uh, shout out planet fitness, 999. Um, wow, but amazing. maybe they're not a sponsor, but maybe one day. Um, <laughs> but I tweaked my back doing something and yeah. I've been, Last night I got to a low point where I was trying to have the kids walk on my back as if that is something that is going to be helpful. But I just thought, you know, it, it hurts. A lot of pressure would be great
0: on the on the back to try to get it. to Get pop. a chirp wheel. You need to look One more this time. Up. They're a chirp wheel. Like, they, <laughs> this this isn't a sponsor either. Okay. But I'm, I'm highly hopeful that they might be. <laughs> L- Lindsay and I just got these things. Okay. It's like a foam roller, but it's narrow and they're big. Okay. And you lay on that thing, and it like her line; it'll, it'll snap you right in place. Okay, because I was trying to have my pregnant wife walk on me, and she wasn't yeah. a fan of that either. I yeah. do think that the walking on the back thing, there's something to that, but I think you I have to be—I um, uh, think you have to be like qualified to do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, so I've got um, shoulder pain, yes. and so I finally broke down mm. and uh, got an MRI, mm. um, whenever it was, a few months ago, and basically, you know the. Doctor said, Well, you've got tendinosis. Hmm. And I'm like, Well, what is that? I've heard of tendinitis. Mm-hmm. What's tendinosis? And he goes, Tendinitis is pain, you know, mm-hmm. in the joint. Tendinosis is chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Well, what's that mean? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Well, your body's lived with the pain so long that it just sort of stopped trying to heal it. Like it was like it's this must be normal so it mm-hmm. stopped trying to send whatever it sends to that area mm-hmm. to um heal the joint mm-hmm. and so that we've got to do other things to begin to stimulate the body mm-hmm. um to bring some healing mm-hmm. in nothing's happening just yet yeah. so by the way so um but i'm not going to stop yeah. because uh i will not weaken yes. so <laughs> um i may i may uh, grind my shoulders into a pole but mm-hmm. but the chronic pain so i would say in, in very similar ways Stress is this—it's this emotional pain. It's Mm -hmm. that it's not going away. It's not being alleviated. And if you don't do anything about it, it eventually leads to a place of burnout. Mm. Now, how to technically go—I'm burned out or not? I don't know that there's. I'm sure that there's probably a some sort of a therapist or counselor or whatever that can maybe. I know Kerry Newhoff mentions a burnout quiz Mm -hmm. that he's got. I don't Mm -hmm. know how scientific it Mm -hmm. is, but he's got a website that you can go to and take a quiz to kind of see if you're burned out, Mm -hmm. I'd maybe describe it this way is that you're just like chronically unmotivated. Mm. Chronically, you just feel numb. There was a one time during the pandemic when I was talking to my wife and uh, I just looked at her and I said, I just feel numb. Mm. Like I just don't feel anything. Um, That's alarming. I think these like alarming signs that you can look at, um, unmotivated, Mm. and it's not really going away. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you've taken the break, you've gone on the vacation. Uh, but you've come back and you still feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, to reference Carrie Newoff, he says it so well. He's like, "Time off won't help if the way if the problem is the way you spend time on." Yeah. And so it's it's not waiting until you have a burnout mm-hmm. to then go away and try to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. That can happen, mm-hmm. but it's it's the preemptive stuff. Yep. So let me do the things to avoid avoiding burnout is way better than trying to come back from burnout. Yes. So no, that's so good, man. Um, and I think uh
1: you know, with all of there was a lot I feel like in the past few years, um, maybe more so of just like a a hustle culture of a mm. you know go really hard all the time, side hustles and um I think we created this false belief that we could just continue to add more and more and that there would be no consequences, like that somehow just because we started doing something that we would become just like superheroes. And mm. But I think now we're in that spot where uh, some of the side effects of that fast-paced, heavy, hustling lifestyle, they're starting to show up with some not so great side effects, Um and the, the hard part with this, I feel like, and it, it, it may be simple, but I, I do think it, it goes against the grain of culture of, you know, obviously, if you are really tired, if you're burnt out, if there's that chronic thing, a natural, I think most of our minds would say, well, the opposite of that would be rest. And once again, though, if you go to a culture of, like, you get a badge of honor for working 60, 70 hours a week, a badge of honor for how hard you push, the idea of of taking a break, the idea of being intentional with rest, a lot of people are uncomfortable with. So Mm. I'm just curious, even in, like, your experience, um, and I I don't... uh, not saying that you were in a series of maybe full burnout, but how have you kind of seen uh, just walking in that season of, you know, feeling tired, but knowing, hey, I still have a lot to do. I have to hold this side of it up, but then how do I find time to to rest or how do I tell myself that this is what I need, I guess?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that a lot of this is um, embedded in – the very development of, you know, America, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, we are a nation of achievers. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I read this and I think it's changing, mm-hmm. but if you look at it on Enneagram numbers, the Enneagram three is an achiever, which that happens to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's the most common Enneagram number in America. Mm-hmm. Like, we are a nation of achievers. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to get after it and do this thing. It's it's found in our very essence how we, you know, um, got started. Mm-hmm. It's shifting, though, to where we're increasing a number of six mm-hmm. on the Enneagram, which mm-hmm. would be more anxiety, a little bit more cautious mm-hmm. um, because of just all that we've been through. So some of that's been shifting for us. But I think that... Um, There is uh, most definitely this feeling of uh, if I don't hustle and keep running, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to fall behind. Like I'm, I'm. uh, We uh, some of this is um, how expensive it is to provide for our families, and Mm -hmm. then just you know trying to establish Mm -hmm. what is my my, what is my lifestyle going to be, Mm -hmm. and then constantly comparing it to other people. Mm -hmm. And I think comparison. Is what fuels that drive to keep just go? I've got to go, go, go. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of like those, um, you know, uh, those those inspirational. They're meant to be inspirational Mm -hmm. videos of athletes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like wow, you were resting on your couch. I was shooting free throws in the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like you're terrifying. Like I don't want to miss out. Like Mm -hmm. I got to be because somebody else is going to get that job that I wanted. Mm -hmm. somebody else is going to get that promotion that I wanted. Mm -hmm. But then you end up like achieving that, and you're Mm -hmm. sitting there going, "This isn't fulfilling me." And I think that that can lead to a significant sense of disorientation yes. and burnout. I think that um, being able to go, it's it's not the number of hours that I work; mm. it's the quality mm. of hours that mm. I work. Mm-hmm. And so, it's beginning to figure out those rhythms. Mm-hmm. Of for me, even it's it's like uh, it's it does it does me no good to mm. sit behind a desk mm-hmm. during a, a part of the day when I'm just not motivated anymore. Like I know that uh, Daniel Pink's book, When, W-H-E-N, mm-hmm. uh, was really helpful in this as far as just helping us to understand like when are you at your best mm-hmm. during the day? Mm-hmm. So there's something about like our society, in America mm-hmm. at least, has said, no, you need to be at your desk from nine in the morning till five at night. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are you doing there? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I, I sat there and I cranked out a bunch of work. Mm. But then you're unhealthy physically yeah. and emotionally and mm. spiritually. You're going to lead to some sort of burnout. Mm-hmm. So I think being able to figure out um, um, what is really required of me mm-hmm. and when am I going to be at my best yeah. and um, and then learning to take those breaks yeah. that that fulfill you. No, oh, that's good. And what I love
1: about you know Scripture, God's yeah. Word, His design for life is it, it makes it easy in some ways to, to be a pastor whenever you can feel the collective pain of, of the people in this area of burnout, for mm. say, because God has a lot to say about the way we operate best. And it even has kind of built in some natural rhythms for us, yeah. if we will accept it. And just kind of from, from your seat as a pastor, as you look out um, to a lot of people experiencing burnout, um, From a kind of Christian worldview, what would you say of like, hey, here's some things, you know, straight from
0: God uh, that really speak to burnout specifically? Well, I think that the whole creation account is really fascinating to me is that on the seventh day he rested. Not because he was tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't tired. Yes. He wasn't like, wow, I'm so winded. You know, I need to take a break. Mm. He was doing that to model to us mm. those regular rhythms. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something about just our bodies mm-hmm. have this rhythm to it. We have a forced break um, every, whatever, what, 12 hours yes. or so, 12 to 18 hours, where mm-hmm. your body literally shuts down. It's yes. called sleep. Yes. And you're required to just you know, rest. And there's something about that Mm -hmm. cycle that God's built into um, our rhythms that are really so important. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I think we need to pay attention to that. 100%. And I think, and I was reading this, and
1: it might have been in the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, but just this idea, because I think sometimes we forget we're not machines. um, But Mm. if you are lucky enough to live 90 years... To live 90 years, to sustain that, roughly, you're going to have to sleep 30 of those years. Wow. A third of your day is going to go to sleep. So just when you put that into perspective of how much we really need it on a daily basis Mm -hmm. to sustain 90 years of life, you're looking at roughly 30 years of sleep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and I think one of the most glorious things is a really good nap. Mm. It's interesting like when I'm growing up like mm-hmm. my parents would always want me to take naps on Sunday afternoons yes. and I always hated it and now I'm if I could get a nap I usually don't sleep on Sunday afternoons cuz yeah. I'm too wired up mm-hmm. but but uh, a really good nap. Oh. There's something spiritual about it that's that's really refreshing and the thing if you do studies on sleep mm-hmm. if you lose sleep mm-hmm. you really never fully get it back yes like you people say, well I'm catching up on my sleep well no actually you're not like yeah. you lose enough sleep mm-hmm. it, it's a deficit that you never fully mm-hmm. get back mm-hmm. there's something yeah the fact that we're spending that much time in sleep shows mm-hmm. us that God doesn't want us like running full tilt mm-hmm. all the time that we're just we just can't sustain it mm-hmm. I do think that when it comes to, and obviously there is a lot that, you know, our, our culture will talk to us about how to navigate burnout. Mm. And I think the primary mantra that you hear is self-care, mm. which not that I'm against against it. Yeah. Because yeah, for sure, like you need to take care of yourself. I would like to say, hey, just steward what God has given you. Mm. Um, because self-care kind of sounds like, oh, I'm going to do this on my own. Yes. Or I'm number one. My, I'm my own first priority. Mm. I um You know, I think I've heard it said before, you know, the oxygen mask drops first, Mm. put it on first. Mm. So you're the number one priority before Mm. you can give to anyone else. Well, I kind of hear what you're saying, but it kind of feels like it's edging God out a bit in that. Um, When Scripture is really clear, obviously we've mentioned the creation account, Mm. but then you go to the Psalms. Mm. I mean, the Psalms are written by a guy who I think fits a pretty good description of burnout. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he's he's lamenting, Mm -hmm. he's cursing his enemies Mm -hmm. he's crying out god where are you like he's in this space and god renews him Mm -hmm. and so i think you've got to look at um when you feel potentially burned out Mm -hmm. i think asking others who know you really well hey what do you think yeah i think if you could find resources around a burnout quiz or Mm -hmm. whatever that might have its place um and just ask like your spouse, your mm-hmm. best friend, your family, your close friends like mm-hmm. hey, do you think I'm burned out? Mm-hmm. See what they say. Yeah. yeah. I think finding a, you know, a therapist or a counselor that can maybe help you through mm-hmm. some of this to try to diagnose some of it. So if you're in a spot where you're like, yeah, I think I'm I'm headed towards burnout, which mm-hmm. is really you you would want to diagnose that before you get there. Yeah so i think i'm headed towards burnout i need to do something mm-hmm. at that point i think you need to look at it, it this is a holistic approach mm-hmm. so you're looking first of all i would say at um let me just say this maybe the maybe er, real urgently like the physical you'd hear mm-hmm. me as a pastor and say well the first thing you should do is get your spiritual life in order yeah. but it, but if you're doing something that's that's really hindering you physically mm-hmm. i think paying attention to that first mm-hmm. so we're talking about sleep nutrition mm-hmm. Um, exercise, mm-hmm. some fresh air, mm-hmm. man, something about like getting out into the sun mm-hmm. that can dramatically impact so much. Um, and then I would say your spiritual health, mm-hmm. and this is where I think the pandemic has really affected so many people. Mm-hmm. I bump in, I bump in, I continue to bump into people every single weekend. Yeah. Like, hey, this is our first time back since February 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that they haven't been watching online or yeah. that they're not following God mm-hmm. just because they haven't been here. But I will say that they could potentially be underestimating mm-hmm. the impact of the gathering mm-hmm. and that they're sort of drying up spiritually mm-hmm. because they've gotten out of some of those mm-hmm. routines. Mm-hmm. And then I think paying attention to your emotional health yeah. and making sure all those are healthy. Because if those things aren't – I mean, those are all like uh, yeah. needles on the dashboard. Yep. And you got to pay attention to all those because you're a holistic person. Mm, that's good,
1: man. Oh, wow. Um, and and I think you're, you're hitting on a lot of just like built-in – systems that God has created for how we flourish as mm. humans whether that's from from sleep whether that's coming to church uh, you know on a regular basis getting stirred up, getting filled up uh, another one of those kind of rhythms that built in by God once again a gift is this concept of Sabbath, which is mm. um, Used within the church world, but maybe not so much for people. Maybe either just stepping into the church world or even on the outside. Um, so, when you hear the word Sabbath, how would you kind of describe that to someone of what it is and maybe why they should think about introducing it into their rhythms?
0: Well, the first thing that I think of is um, rest and enjoyment. Mm. So both, yes, yes, yeah. You know what? What is it that um, you really enjoy mm-hmm. um, that brings a smile to your face that fills you up mm-hmm. and that could be any number of things mm-hmm. you know that could be nature that could be soccer field mm-hmm. watching your kids that mm-hmm. could be going to a movie whatever I think it's 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 rest but rest is more than sleep yes. rest is whatever I can do to get my mind off of. Mm-hmm. This thing that I'm constantly in, Mm -hmm. you know, so for me, it's like anything that I can do that causes me to not have to think about um, leadership and Mm -hmm. strategy and Mm -hmm. addressing problems and putting sermons together. I just don't don't even want to think about that. I want to step away from it. Yeah. And get my tank filled. Mm -hmm. Um, So that way I come back with a fresher perspective. Mm. Uh, Several years ago, I did a life plan. I know you've done them. Mm. Um, And one of the things that the facilitator walked me through was something called a replenishment cycle. Mm. And so he's like, you know, leadership's not getting any easier. Life doesn't get any easier. It's not like you can just say, hey, I'm going to go sit on the sidelines and Mm -hmm. just stay there. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to get back in the game. You got to run. You got to go. Um, but I'm going to go about it a lot smarter, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to run myself into the ground, yes. and I'm going to try to enjoy myself, and mm-hmm. I'm going to try to not think so much about what others think of me, but mm-hmm. I'm going to try to think, how can I be a blessing to others? Yes. Even that little shift mm-hmm. can be so – it's such a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, But he said, think about the things that like really replenish you, mm-hmm. and you've got a budget for them, mm-hmm. you've got to schedule them, mm-hmm. and the people that are the closest to you have to know it. Yes. And so, hey, help me. Mm -hmm. So, one of the things that he did is we kind of identified what my replenishment cycles were. Mm -hmm. He jumped on a conference call with my assistant and my wife. Wow. And said, hey, here's Aaron's replenishment cycle. Mm -hmm. Here's why he'll be a better boss and a better husband. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, it's not just, you know, happy fun time for Aaron Mm -hmm. and help him, Mm -hmm. encourage him. Mm to build these into his life. Yes. And that was so huge. So then even like on my next birthday, Mm. you know, what my wife got me Mm -hmm. was a trip on one of my Mm -hmm. things that I said was my replenishment cycle. Mm. And so I think it's really helpful that you bring other people into that and that you identify what that is. It's not, it's not just, I'm not just um, burning time. Yes. I'm replenishing my tank Mm -hmm. so that way I can be the best boss or employee, the best father the best husband the best mm-hmm. friend that i can be mm. no that's so good and one of the ways we talk it around talk about it
1: around here in the sense of overall being healthy is this concept of living out of the overflow mm. right and i think that's what you're hitting on there of uh what you referenced earlier of, you know we the, the the math doesn't work out if you're going to destroy yourself for three months and then think a weekly vacation is going to bring you back to zero. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The math just isn't there. Mm -hmm. And then the same idea with even the weekly, even if you get a smaller version of that with a Sabbath, once again, the idea isn't that this one day or this one week saves you. Um, It is a moment in time to completely step away to be, but the hope is that you're not starting at empty, but you're, you you have a base here, and those are being kind of built in every single, um, every single week and every single day. That's what uh, the replenishment cycle. Um, when Cuss was talking about his life-giving list, very very similar oh, thing, yeah. which has blown my mind. And is I'm someone that struggles with that idea of like what would you want to do? And it's like, I don't know, what do you want to do? Um, I, I would rather do whatever you want to do. But I was kind of forced into that same ex- exercise of no, no, no. If it was just you and it's just on you, what would you want to do? And just created this long list of things. And the way it was described to me, it was like, this isn't You being selfish, this is a stewardship Mm. issue that we have to take care of ourselves. And it's not, there's some big things that you have to schedule, you know, vacations, big trips, but there's little things that we can do every single day that bring us life, that fill us up. Um, For me, it was as granular as like uh, grinding the beans and making my own cup of coffee, like Mm. something like that, Uh, shooting a basketball, um, hugging my wife When I come home and giving her a kiss in the kitchen while she's making dinner, like it is, Mm. there's these little things that we take for granted unless we're intentional about. We don't realize how much life they they give us. Mm. Um, Mm. So I'm curious, like handshakes with my kids before I leave. There's these little moments, handshakes
0: with your kids. I have
1: a handshake with each one. Oh, a special handshake. Yeah, special handshake. Okay, I just thought you were like a formal business handshake. Yeah, they tried to hug me, and I'm like, hey, take a step back, guys. No, just handshakes for now until we get a little bit closer. No, (laughs) we have personalized handshakes with each one of them. But I'm curious, what are some of those things for you that you found? Maybe just things that people could either adapt or maybe even take straight from you. Of when
0: I do these things, I found that they give me life. Mm. Yeah, I still have been meaning to make my own mm. list since we had that conversation with Steve Cuss, mm. and I haven't yet. So mm. you need to hold me accountable to that. I'll send you mine. I got. I'm up to like sixty something. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. I'm you easily overachiever. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, I need to, I need to do that. I think that, you know, we, uh, our house uh, has a little bit of, um, property. There's some woods out back. Mm. And one of the things, this has sort of been sort of surprising to me is that, um, on the weekends mm. for me to just go out with a chainsaw mm. and an ax mm. and I just clear brush. Mm. And it, there's something about that. Like yeah. I'm out in the woods, I'm by myself. Mm. I've got a thing of water with me. Mm-hmm. It's quiet and I'm just... Clearing brush, Mm -hmm. and there's something about that that it takes my mind Mm -hmm. off of ministry. It's Mm -hmm. it's active, Mm -hmm. but it's something totally different. And Mm -hmm. now here's the thing: Mm -hmm. in ministry, like nothing is ever done. Mm -hmm. Like I get done, I got done with my sermon yesterday for Mm -hmm. this weekend, Mm -hmm. and immediately I'm thinking about the next one. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about like the next four. And, um, and you know, you get done with one and feel like it's pretty good. You're, you just feel the pressure of, hey, do that again next mm-hmm. week, pastor, and we're going to bring our friends. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this mounting pressure around it. When I clear brush, mm. I clear it all out, throw it in a pile, burn yeah. it, set back and go, look what I did. It's mm. done. There's just like something about that that's very replenishing to me. Mm. Um, going on a walk. Mm. Um I think uh, I love just like going outside and sitting in the sun, like mm. in the evening. Mm-hmm. There's just some things like that, yeah. that. But I need to work on my list. Mm. Oh, uh, last Christmas, my wife got me a record player, Whoa. like a legit like record player. Yeah. So sitting in my home office and just listening to LPs, mm. uh, very replenishing. No, that's yeah. that's that's really good. Um,
1: and you can we can reference back to that. Uh, that first podcast we had there with Steve Cuss a lot of good stuff there that ties into that differentiation between um, you know being anxious or anxiety and then that kind of chronic stress mm. that we're talking about here. Um, they are cousins um, but yeah, anything else that that you just kind of have any uh, words of wisdom or direction uh, you would give somebody that's like hey, I think that's me I do think, um, I'm experiencing burnout right now, or at least I'm, I'm on the edge. I think mm-hmm. just uh, just a complete wrap up here. What would you tell them if they were sitting across from you having a cup of coffee?
0: Well, I think the first thing I would just say is, you know, you're not alone. Mm. That a lot of people feel that way, and vocalize it. Mm. Don't. I think there's some people that maybe are afraid of saying anything because they don't want to be, you know, uh, too much or draw attention to themselves or anything like that. Mm. I think there's no shame in it, Mm. you know, just to articulate, Hey, I think I'm feeling this Mm. and whoever that with that, I would say you just your inner circle, or if you have a quote unquote board for your life, Mm -hmm. people that would sit on your board, who Mm -hmm. would that be? Mm -hmm. And I think just being able to sit down with them and say, Hey, I feel like I might be on the brink or maybe in burnout. Yeah. And what, um, do you recommend, Mm -hmm. uh, I do to take next steps Mm -hmm. to mitigate this Mm -hmm. or to walk through it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then put together a plan and a strategy to figure out, you know, how are we, How am I going to address this? Mm. I will also say it's a season. Uh, there have been lots of times when I've sat down with – it's been primarily pastors. Mm. Like, I'm on I, uh, several different advisory boards for church plants, and I've had multiple pastors come to me and say, man, I feel like I'm going to quit. Mm. My wife and I have taken – pastors and their wives out to dinner and they're just like, Hey, if nothing changes in the next like month, we're out. Wow. And then you end up seeing them come through that. Mm-hmm. So I would say that it's a season and uh, don't make any drastic decisions right away, but um, I'd say put a timeline on mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. between now for the next three months, here's how I'm going to operate. This mm-hmm. is what I'm going to do. If I feel this way, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our mutual friend, Dave Stone mm-hmm. at Southeast, mm-hmm. he tells this really moving story about when he um became the senior pastor at Southeast Christian years ago that it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Dave had been there for a long time. There's like this transitionary thing between him and Bob Russell, who Mm -hmm. was a living legend at the time. And Dave finally steps into the role as lead pastor. And that's when all the weight Mm -hmm. fell on him. Like he thought he knew, he didn't know until Mm -hmm. he stepped into it. And then he just said, it felt like he was just getting criticized all Mm -hmm. the time for every decision that he made. And so he got to this place where he's like, I just don't enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And he decided to, with the help of his wife, mm-hmm. he said, "I'm gonna get a fishbowl, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put a um, hundred marbles in it. Mm. Um, and every day when I leave the office, I'm gonna take one of those marbles out. Mm. And if by the time the fishbowl is empty, if I don't feel any different, I'll resign." Mm. So it's like this like yeah. tangible physical thing that he was doing. Mm. Um, and then he, you know he tells the story. Mm. You know by the time he got down to the end of the fishbowl, his whole outlook had changed. There'd wow. been people that had kind of rallied around him, got him help. Mm. So I think there's something about putting a timeline together. Mm. And, and because if we make rash decisions in the moment, yep. um, that's not always very wise. Mm. But anyway, hopefully that's helpful mm. uh, to uh, people out there. Hopefully there's been a few nuggets here mm. that you can implement into uh, your life. And um, this has been fun, man. Uh, yeah. Season one. It's a wrap. Uh, it's been real Mm. and uh, we will take a break until August where we'll come back for season two Mm. we've got some exciting things uh, planned some special guests that Mm. we're really really looking forward to season two will be bigger badder and better Mm. than season one I'm calling it right now I'm just putting it out there and I just want to thank everybody for um, subscribing liking Uh, we've read all all, so many of your very kind and gracious comments about the podcast really appreciate it that helps us to get the word out have a great summer and we will see you back for season two.